Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, and welcome to the Gardening Canada podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, and on this channel, I like to take science and apply to both houseplants and the garden. And it's as simple as that. If you did not know, I am a soil scientist, and so that's kind of the whole meaning behind all of it. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Hey, little plant people, how are you guys doing today? If you're new to this podcast, my name's Ashley, and I'm a soil scientist. And on this podcast, I like to take science and apply it to all things plants, both indoors and outside. And in today's episode, we're talking about all you crazy people out there in Canada and in the northern U.S. and in just cold climates in general, U.K., wherever you may be from. You guys like to grow some crazy crops, and I'm guilty of it too, so I'm just going to hop on the bandwagon with you. So this has been an issue for me, my entire gardening career especially when I moved out and got my own home. <laughs> so my mom and my grandma used to curb kind of like what I would grow. They would always tell me, be practical about what you're growing. Grow something that's going to yield something. Why waste space on stuff that doesn't grow here? All the, the normal mom, grandma, you know, commentary. But the moment I moved away and I got my own home and I had my own yard, I started growing really crazy things. Like stuff that's not supposed to be grown in Canada was definitely attempted in my garden and still is today. I still try to do things every single year I know I should not do. If you resonate with that and you're the same kind of gardener as me, hit me up, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, comment section of this podcast. Let me know. I need to find my crew. Like I need to find my people within the gardening community. Because if you are a Canadian that's in zone three, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and you're trying to grow passion fruits, loofahs, 120-day Atlantic dill pumpkins, you name it. Uh, what else have I tried? Birdhouse gourds, um, orcas, you name it. I've done it here in Saskatchewan. So, without. Anyways, besides the fact, if you're one of those people, you have to let me know. So, I want to put a huge word word of wisdom word from a gardener that's been gardening forever if you're a beginner don't do this if you are a beginner and you absolutely must must grow the loofah for the instagram photo then please just start with one plant one or two put all your energy into that one one or two plants that's that's the key here so today's episode on the podcast, we are literally going to be talking about exotic plants and growing the impossible crops that those all those dang Californian folk grow and just mastering it, doing a good job at it. And some things that we can do to change our luck, I guess you could say, when it comes to growing these crops. So let's just jump straight into it. So I guess the first thing to look at when we're looking at uh, growing some of these exotic crops is days to grow. So 
if you've got the Garden Canada planner uh, recently, you know there's grow charts in there. Uh, if you are on the website, you know there's you know lots of information, www.gardeningcanada.net. Lots of information on there as to when to start seeds, when to not start seeds, all that fun stuff. And so you have a little bit of an idea of when to start seeds based on the number of days they need to grow. The days to harvest number on the packet is usually your sign or your indicator as to what needs to be done. So I guess when you know that, you know what needs to be started early. And one of the things when we start seeds early is that we have to have the room. We have to have the lighting. And so we, for exotic seeds, quite often like pompous grass. I try to grow pompous grass, you guys. It is a biannual. I damn well knew it wasn't going to work. What did I do? I still try to do it. Ugh. Anyways, choices. That was like last year and I'm judging myself. Anyways, choices. So you know you had to start this stuff January, February and all. Sometimes December, like if you're doing the eucalyptus by seed thing, which actually is pretty successful. You can check out the blog post I did on that, uh, how to grow eucalyptus in Canada. Actually, it's reasonable to do. I mean, I've done it and uh, I've done the impossible. But yeah, it's really reasonable to do and it works really, really well. So, but anyways, that's something you have to start in like December, December, January, February, absolute latest. So if you're you're planning to go that route, you need to make sure A, you have the space, B, you have the lights, and you have the space and the lights to also put your plants that you really do need to grow, like your tomatoes and all that other stuff that you want to start early indoors. You need room to be able to put them under the damn light too. So just something to keep in mind, start with one or two plants. This is something coming from someone who's done this many, many a time start small start with like one or two incredibly exotic hard to grow leaves or plants in canada so do like one or two loofahs one or two um birdhouse gourds whatever the case is and you're gonna have them in the same pot you're gonna have them in the same pot you want to really lessen the number of plants you have to care for do not spread out your resources amongst six different loofahs It'll never work out. It doesn't work out the way you want it to. You have to put all your time and attention into one to see if you can do it. If you can do it with one, then the next year, yeah, do five, six, whatever the case is. But that first year, I have learned one because that's all you're going to ultimately be able to manage and really be able to take the time and the care it does take for it to succeed. So anytime I've done over one, anytime I've tried to do like three or four plants, right off the hop, first time ever. It never ends well. I always, it's like an, an absolute, it has to happen. The I end up trying to spread out my resources along all four, all four kind of not doing great. I end up spending less and less attention on them because again, they're not doing great. I know it's not going to turn out for me. And it just really, really stalls the entire project. And then you think to yourself the next year, well, I'm not growing those because those, those didn't do good this year or those didn't do good last year. They did nothing last year. I didn't even get a flower last year. So it deters you. So you want to do one container and that is something I've learned. Put all your focus, all your energy into one or two plants and you will be surprised how much more attention you pay to that one plant and how much more likely you are to try to do that plant again the next year or the year after because you have seen some success a mild success based on what you have at your disposal so step one 
one or two plants, one, two, max. So the next kind of issue or the next thing that you need to tackle is obviously supporting these plants. So these plants are going to get like super stupid big fast. That's one thing I've experienced with a lot of these exotic plants is they grow quickly. There's a few exceptions like eucalyptus is really, really slow growing, but things like loofahs, gourds, giant pumpkins, they are like they're off like a rocket, you guys. So you need to be able to consider or accommodate the fact that you'll need some sort of a trellising system, a string system, something to keep it in shape, in form, so no branches are being snapped, that sort of thing. So you want to make sure you have the space for something of that nature as well. I do find string is the easiest because you're able to really like redirect your growth with the string. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nicely, I find that uh, bean pole, like uh, bamboo poles or trellises, not the best. And it's only because they're not flexible. Like They're not a malleable thing. So when it comes to taking it outside and stuff, it can be a little bit of a nightmare. Just something to keep in mind. But in general, you want to generally with like these really tropical seeds is you want to read the instructions on the package. So like the package is going to give you instructions as to whether or not you need to vernalize or if you need to scar the plant. I did a podcast on scarification or vernalization. Go check that out if you would like to. But um, I also have YouTube videos and obviously blog posts about this as well, about the concept of scarification or vernalization. So you need to follow what's on the manufacturer's packet. Loofahs are one plant that I feel like the suppliers in some cases have never grown and they're likely just importing and selling because they don't tell you to scar the plant. And I, it's just one of those plants that you definitely need to scar the plant like it, it has to happen um and it doesn't have it on on the seed pack in a lot of cases and it's a thick like that's a thick seed coat so you really do want to make sure you do that so follow those sorts of instructions if it says soak for 72 hours soak that thing for 72 hours um i find also if you follow the instructions of scarification or uh, vernalization and then also 
put it in the fridge or put it in hot water or put it in water with hydrogen peroxide for extended periods of time. After all that's done, actually putting it into paper towel and then placing the paper towel over top of a register or on a heat mat, keeping it in a warm climate helps enormously, especially with these tropical plants that we're talking about. So for lupus seeds, for example, I'll keep them around 25 to 30 degrees Celsius, literally, no joke, until they germinate, which can take only 48 hours if they're under heat. A really, really cool way to do this, guys. If you have a Ninja or an Instapot and it has the yogurt setting so you can get some sort of heat source down to 90 degrees Fahrenheit, put your seeds in that and then turn it on and leave it in there for 24 hours and go check back on it, see where things are at. And literally, just you can do that for seven days. It is perfect. It is a hot, humid, dark environment. It is exactly what a lot of these plants need to grow. And it's a really neat way to get some really quick results. So heat, scarification, vernalization, making sure you have the space, making sure you have the light. Step three, four, five, whatever we're on, you the transplanting outdoors. This has to be done and executed with absolute finesse. So before you even start the hardening off process, you need to make sure your nights are staying above 10 degrees Celsius. Now, some of you are like, oh my God, no, that's not possible. It is possible and you have to wait. If it's July 10th, you have to be prepared to keep that loofah in a greenhouse in a container until it is 10 degrees at night outdoors. Now, if you're saying, absolutely not, I cannot do that. Okay, fine. Your other option is to cover it. So you need a way to properly cover or heat that plant at night because it cannot go below 10 degrees Celsius. I'm telling you this because I love you. If you let it go even below, I find even 15, like if it goes below 15 degrees Celsius, it can cause some damage. But under 10 degrees Celsius, your plant's not going to die. You know, it's going to get you frost or anything, but it will stop growing like that. Like it, it'll stop growing. And it will sit at whatever stage it's at for literal weeks. And then you know it's game over. You lose those two weeks, it's game over. You might as well just cut the plant down. It's, it's done. You're not getting fruit from it. I've been through this so many times at this point. I'm just like, it, I don't even try. It's like, no, it's done. Okay, put something else in its place. So uh, you really do want to keep it warm at night. And when you transplant, if you're transplanting directly into the ground with these plants, you want to make sure that that soil temperature is 10 degrees Celsius minimum, 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 minimum. So take a cooking thermometer, stick it in your soil, look like a crazy point person and get that temperature because it is really, really ultimately important. Okay, so after you do the uh, temperature checks, both ambiently and soil temperature, the next thing to consider is uh, having it in a pot. So I know this isn't an option for everybody, but one thing I've learned, and I, I learned this with my first exotic plant. I was one of the first people in my family, neighbors, everyone was just absolutely blown away with it, but hot peppers. I grow a ton of hot peppers here in Saskatchewan. So I was one of the first ones to start doing this um, in my circle that I knew. So people were absolutely blown away by it. I found the secret to getting a harvest and to getting a good harvest at that was to have my plants in pots. 
For whatever reason, the heating of the soil or those higher temperatures of potting soil, combined with the fact that pots are mobile, meaning we can bring them inside if it gets too cold at night, we can tuck them away in nice places if the wind picks up, for example. They're really, really convenient when it comes to exotic plants. So what I learned is that they tend to bottom out. So the roots hit the bottom of the pot and they kind of have a constricted space and it causes the plant to panic. And when the plant panics, it tends to set seed. And that's what we want for things like loofahs, gourds, pumpkins, for example, are all great example of plants that we want to stress out to the point that they fruit and then flower or flower and then fruit. And so I find that they work really, really good for that matter. Um, I also find it works really great for any exotic plant that is foliage you want to grow. So eucalyptus is a great example because you can overwinter them indoors. So even if, you know, for your eucalyptus, you're growing, you started it inside, maybe you started it late, you want to enjoy it a bit longer, you maybe you want to grow a little bit bigger, you can bring that plant inside, especially if it's in a pot, right? So I find uh, really evaluating whether or not you want it in the ground or a pot is a, a great place to start in something ultimately you should look at and inquire into. And I think the last tip for all you crazy people out there that want to learn how to do this, if you are running at a time in the season and it's not a pot that you can bring indoors or you just simply don't want to bring the pond doors, but you don't want to rebuy the, the seed because it's expensive, get whatever the case is, take cuttings, literally take cuttings. If it's a pepper plant, eucalyptus plant, you name it, take cuttings, bring those indoors, start the cuttings from obviously their starts and go from there. So I did a YouTube video here not too long ago about uh, different growth hormones and things like that, that can be used with plants and just follow kind of the instructions there and you will be read, led down the path that you need to be uh, for success when it comes to that sort of thing. So, but that's all I have for you guys today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let me know in the comments. Uh, like I said, share, sharing is caring and it ultimately helps with the podcast enormously. Uh, come visit me over on the website. Come visiting me on all the socials. I'd be love to see your guys' uh, smiling faces. And of course, uh, let me know that you came from the podcast. It'd be really, really great to know or very cool to know. I want to thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.